It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. The guy that everybody has questions about crushed the combine, and now he's got me wondering, Mike, if I could get this guy on my team, I would. And I'm talking about Anthony Richardson. <laughs> I know. And it's so crazy when you think about six wins in his college career, less than 55% completion. But, man, you see the athleticism and you see all the things that he's able to accomplish. And we spoke with him at SEC Media Days. He's an impressive dude to sit down and talk to. This is Dukes and Bell. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Poll questions up. A lot of guys saying, no, 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 don't do it. Um, And you can go vote at Dukes and Bell 929. Would you take a chance on Anthony Richardson at quarterback? Um, We've talked about it. We'll talk more about it. I just think the physical physical, skill set is, is, is intriguing. It just is. And when you start talking about doing things that no quarterback in the history of the combine have done, right, Um, when you start talking about broad jump and some of the things he set records at, and I know a lot of you guys are like, that doesn't matter. Can he read defenses? And I get it. Trust me. I understand. But I just think the talent is so intriguing that somebody, okay, not saying us, maybe it is us, but somebody (laughs) is going to take a chance early in this draft on Anthony Richardson because they're going to go, that's too much to pass up. And I don't care if he has to sit a year, uh, depending on whatever team he ends up at, Mike. I don't care about that because if we cultivate that, we are going to have a special player at quarterback. But uh, you got to win some games this year. It's Arthur Smith's third year. He's got to maybe, you could argue, make the playoffs. It's going to be a little bit harder now with the Saints getting Derek Carr. If you missed that information that came down today. Let me ask you this. You give him a pass if he doesn't win those games with Ritter? It's a good question. I just think Ritter, it was so, I don't want to say vanilla because that's not fair, but it's just, there were so many issues the team was having by the time Ritter got there as far as pass protection, the routes, the conservative nature I thought of it, and then he would still find a way to uncork some beautiful throws to Drake London. Didn't Wasn't able to use Pitts, obviously, because Pitts was injured. But I just, it's you did the man a disservice, and I think we said this to Arthur Smith at the time, by not getting him in after the Carolina game. Give him at least six or seven weeks of play, and that's a good sample size. But if you look at Anthony Richardson, you brought up Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I, I was not impressed with Josh Allen anything he did other than his size and stature coming out of Wyoming. But this guy, he's Richardson was literally all over the place this year for the Florida Gators. But if the 49ers, to your point earlier, somebody falls in love, they took that Trey Lance, and Trey Lance has done less than what Richardson's done. Yeah, no doubt. And and they moved up to get him, right? They moved up to get him. Right. More on this coming up. We're talking about who crushed the combine. He's one of those guys, guys. And, and it's a quarterback thing. I mean, we're going to see, I think, four taken in the top 15 again, maybe five in the top 20 taken when this draft happens in April. Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Right now, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. Well, Kirby answered questions. And... I don't know if he was trying to get out in front of this, Mike. A lot of people say he was just there and this was going to happen and this was set up and then all this stuff played out and he knew he was going to have to answer some of this stuff. But I want you to hear what he had to say because the biggest question is, does UGA have a culture issue? Here is how Kirby Smart answered that. Is there a culture problem here at UGA? Absolutely not. And I would say we're far from it. Do we have perfect Young men and women and players, not necessarily, but I promise you this, that's the intent for us to grow these guys and get them better and uh, feel really good about the culture within our program. 
as you brought up, there's 130 athletes involved in the program, not making excuses. When you are, you know, doing what you're doing at this level, it's always going to draw attention. We have something like the tragedy that, that occurred after the championship celebration. That's, that's something else. I think Jalen Carter, I, I thought the national media, and maybe there'll be some other articles that will be written at some point, but I'm going to be honest. I think, you know, th- this too may pass. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to make light of the tragedy, but Jalen Carter it's just a matter of how he's explained himself. And, again, he'll have another opportunities to meet with these teams before the draft. Mark Slayball was interviewing Kirby, courtesy of ESPN. Kirby says he was not aware, aware, Mike, of Jalen's other traffic citations. Jalen Carter was also stopped in September going nearly twice the speed limit. Were you aware of that incident? I was not aware of that. On that stop, the police body cam shows the officer telling Carter to slow down, tell your teammates to slow down. He mentions a couple other players' names. Was any of that conveyed to your team? No, I was not, I was not aware of those, okay. of those things. Now, let me ask you. Don't they have a gentleman that showed up at the scene of the Correct. accident? Correct. That's on staff, and yet Kirby was not aware of these traffic citations, these, these violations? Don't you think those were also reported to that individual? I think his name is Coach Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Would I be wrong to assume that, that if I'm a ball player at Georgia and I get, get stopped, that at some point that's getting back to the coaches? Somebody on the coaching staff is going to know. But yet Kirby says he was unaware of these other traffic citations. I'm going to take his word for it, but I find it curious that nobody on the coaching staff knew about these other citations, and therefore Kirby did not know. Well, I mean, when, when, the, when the accident occurs, the chief of police tells the dispatcher to get Brian Grant out there, that Brian Grant's coming. That Brian, I be, said why, Grant. Yeah, Brian, be you. aware, uh, officers, that Mr. Grant's going to be there, who played football at UGA and has been involved with the athletic department, draws a salary. So I'm not going to call Kirby a liar. Did he misremember? I don't know. But it is kind of it, it's curious because you think – a guy who's got this relation. There's a relationship between the athletic department and local law enforcement to the point that when something happens, they get a guy down to the accident site. You'd think that Kirby would be aware of some of these things occurring. And again, it's not the white shadow with five guys or six guys. He's got 130 to keep tabs on. But a lot of folks are saying, I don't know about that one. What about his uh, his guys racing? Is Kirby, is he aware that this stuff is going on? This is Kirby Smart. Again, Mark Schleyball sat down with him uh, for ESPN. It's, it's hard to answer that question because – you only know what you find out about. We had a situation this summer that we would bring in athens Clark County Police and um, UGA Police. Local news in Atlanta was covering street racing and drag racing. and um, It's all over the, the, the TV. We wanted to educate our players. So we had a team meeting, and uh, we constantly remind our guys about it. The person behind the wheel is the one that makes the decision what they do with the car, uh, not the car itself. So there is at least there was some uh, effort made to communicate that you shouldn't be doing this at some point to these guys who got big through NIL. They got access to obviously more powerful cars than you and I talked about last week. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Go buy your kid a Lambo and see what happens. I mean, the car does matter. Right. Okay. Go, go, buy, your, go buy your kid a 911 and see right. if they speed and, and if they just want to test the engine. I mean, it does right. matter. I understand that you hope that people make the right decisions. But if I give you all that juice, you're going to test it at some point. Um, as far as Kirby Smart talking about where he found out about the arrest warrant for Jalen Carter, this is how he responded to that question. It's an ongoing investigation, so I'm not really allowed to talk about it, but I know that he was at the scene, obviously, from the people at the emergency room that night and the people we saw. Um, we knew that he had been questioned and had been talked to, but uh, we found out about the arrest warrants when everybody else did. Now, 
I said this Friday, I'll say it again. I do not think there's a culture issue. And it's unfortunate that these events have happened. Boom, 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 boom. And it seems like all of this is piling up at one point. But I do think that Kirby and Mikey may have already done this. Uh, Whether they go into spring ball, whenever he's going to address this team um, about all of these issues, that it has to be you understand now where we're at. We're under a microscope. We have one of the best programs in the country. It's why you're here. But if you screw up, I don't have the tolerance for it. I cannot support it. So you know right from wrong, and I think he's got to put his foot down because if he doesn't, Mike, and more of these incidents start to to happen, then you are going to have a culture issue, and people are going to start then wanting to see what the hell is going on. Well, the thing is also, and this is something that we talked about last week with Connor Riley from Dog Nation, you know, not to be glib about these sort of things happening, but – there is still a huge pipeline. There is still top three recruiting for Georgia. And if you do screw up, you will be replaced. And that could be part of the message. Because you know, everyone always felt with NIL, you got to kiss everybody's butt and you got to promise them the moon and the stars. Just like guys still want to play for Saban. And that was shown by the number one recruiting class. Guys still want to play at Georgia. And so you will be replaced if this stuff does keep up, which is another way of looking at it. Um, Kirby was talking about not changing any of the policies. And this is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Will, what will you do moving forward? Here's his response to Mark Schleyball. No, nothing that we would change. I mean, no, no, no policy that we, we have caused this accident um, and uh, very unfortunate, tragic accident. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parts, a lot of, th- I mean, things about would you allow to have the people that work in the recruiting part of the athletic department to have access to company, ve- to basically in essence company vehicles. Sure. What are the rules on that? Are they going to tighten that access up? Are they going to limit the interaction? I don't think you can do that because technically now with the transfer portal, you're, 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 the recruiting process continues over the course of the person's time at the university yeah. because you can always leave Georgia go somewhere else. So that's, a, that's an interesting, you know, kind of slippery slope. Um, also, Ra Ra Thomas, we talked about it last week entering a pretrial diversion program to resolve the misdemeanor battery family violence charges. So that was one that they also, it was initially reported, sounded really bad, had his day in court, and they found a way to resolve that. And just finally, Carl, dogs at the uh, combine. We already talked a lot about Nolan Smith. Kenny Max would probably have to run his 40 again at Georgia's Pro Day. Didn't exactly dazzle with his 40 time. Darnell Washington, did you see the one-handed cash he put up? Incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. And that's the kind of seven people going ooh and and on. Stetson Bennett, by the way, runs a 4-7-4-40. Mel Kuyper projects him to be a fourth-round pick and have a long career. Coming up, we've got more to get to, including why would you do it? We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Dukes and Bell coming up at 5 o'clock. We will get some compensation back, even though he's not with us anymore. We'll tell you more about that. Um, Got to mention this before we talk about Ja Morant. Um, the deadline for teams utilizing the franchise tag is tomorrow, 4 p.m. The Ravens are now saying, Mike, specifically the executive vice president, Ozzie Newsom, that they will use the franchise tag if a deal is not done between now and 4 o'clock tomorrow, which it won't. Nope. Um, but Ozzie Newsom, who got kicked up, right? He was a GM for the long time there uh, with the Ravens, says we will um, use the franchise tag. He said this on the Bernie Kosar show. And so now this is the first time we've heard this because everybody said, well, of course they're going to franchise him. The What tag are they going to use is the question. Are they going to allow him to negotiate with other teams or, you know, the non-exclusive tag? That's which, a $32.4 million mm. as opposed to the regular tag, which would be $45 million. And if you screw up and this goes down again, you can do what the uh, then Redskins did with Cousins and you do it again next year. Real quick, Peter. Which, which tag? Uh, the maximum tag, $45 million. All right. Now, the uh, the other thing is, Peter King brought up an interesting point. What if you did, if, since, if both parties are so far away, yeah. what if you do a shorter deal? 
and you do a two-year deal, and then, granted, you'll have to go through this in two years, but can you come up with a two-year deal with fully guaranteed? Of course you and could. And it's going to basically split in the baby. Of course you could. And listen, I think this is where we're going anyway in the NFL. It's very similar to what we see in the NBA. We're seeing guys opt out in Major League Baseball. Why? Because I can opt out, opt out and get more money. Mike, I, I, listen, if I was one of these guys, I would say give me three years fully guaranteed, mm-hmm. right? And then let's talk again. And then again. he's 29. And, and then, then let's talk again. And then he's still in his prime, and if you can't get uh, something with the Ravens, you can still go somewhere else. If because it's two years, you're 28. Yeah, the fully guaranteed part is now I at least know I'm getting my 150, 180 million, whatever it's going to be for three years. That's what I would be trying to do anyway. But we're going to see. But that is what he is, uh, uh, the uh, executive vice president, Ozzie Newsom, is saying about the Lamar situation. All right, let's talk about John Morant. If you missed this story over the weekend, it's pretty simple. Um, they played in Denver. Lost to the Nuggets. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, are, you know, they're, they're second-best team, at least record-wise, in the West. They lose a game against Joker and company, and then John Morant, and I don't know who these people were, okay, on this video. I've seen it. I saw it numerous times. I have no idea where all these people came from, if this is traveling party, but they are at a bar in Denver or outside of Denver, and he is on IG Live, and he banishes a gun, okay? This is – it's facts. Now, he's been – Basically suspended, and now the team is saying we're not sure when he's going to be back as this investigation goes on. The latest with this is, Mike, before we get into what the hell is going on with Ja, is that the Glendale Police Department is investigating whether he broke any gun laws. Can't be under the influence and have a weapon on you in the state of Colorado. NBA rules also say can't bring a weapon on a team premises or in travel for the team. In other words, team plane. So if you're, if you're yeah, I'd want you to be checking that back. But anyway, Carl, the idea is, although I'm not sure because, you know, with the protocols, you know, the air, you do travel separately than the regular passenger. You're not going to a TSA line. There is a security right. line. Sure. But there's, there's NBA rules. But the first things first, there's the Colorado state law. Yeah. So they're investigating that aspect of it. And in the video, the live stream by John Morant, it, it's not clear whether he was intoxicated. OK. But others are shown drinking in the video. So, so the bigger thing here is, Mike, what is he trying to do? What is he trying to prove? Who's he trying to prove it to? We've had now, this is the third incident, okay? None of this has resulted in an arrest. The young man they beat up at his house, the 17-year-old where the police report is out there, and Ja came back out after he threw the ball at him, and then they beat him up, and then he came back out with a gun and pointed it at the, at the kid's face. That is out there. No arrest. You've got the incident with the Pacers at the arena where somebody pointed a laser at the Pacers, you know, one of his, his guys uh, in his crew or somebody that knew him, one of his best friends, who was then said, hey, you can't come back to the arena. There was a laser pointed at the bus, and various right. Indiana Pacers players verified this. And now you have this. So what is going on with one of the young up-and-coming stars in the NBA is he trying to be a gangster? Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, first off, we talked about it. Unless it's a friend of one of your friends, why you got to set? Why you an underage kid technically on your pro, after property playing basketball in a pickup game? Which then, and he initiated by apparently said he was going to come back and basically shoot up the place. That's how it was reported. Which then John Morant goes and brandishes the weapon. I don't know. Some guys. Now I know we, I grew up in, in in back back country South Carolina. I don't know his upbringing. I'm not going to you know go there. I know that some guys, as we said, you know. Mike Vick, you got your guys. You're going to stay loyal to the guys you grew up with, this and that. At some point, you've got to, you know, kind of disengage from the people that are dragging you down and get on with your life. Or if this guy just wants to be portrayed as a gangster and he wants to have the weapon on him. I don't know. Like, why did Plexico Burris have to have the weapon in a club, which, by the way, is illegal in New York when he shot himself? Yeah. You know, it's just dumb. But this is a guy you're talking about. Like, the NBA will be throwing Brinks trucks at you from now until you can't do this anymore. So why would you jeopardize all that with this?
Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I was talking to some people around the league about it uh, this weekend because I talked a lot about it on the national show, Mike. And, and part of this is most people in the league don't think Jaws a bad guy. Okay, and I say that right. when I say most, I'm talking about the people who really know him. He's not a good, he's not a bad guy. This is not who he is. Okay, he's really a good kid. So why is he projecting this? Okay. So when you, when you start to be challenged or you feel like your manhood is being challenged, and, and by the way, I'm not going to make any excuses. He made these, these decisions. He's going to have to pay the, the price, whatever the NBA you know, ultimately comes down, whatever this investigation re- results in. But, Mike, first, we kind of forget the, how young these guys are. Trey got here was 19. We forget how young these guys are when they get into the league. And part of this is, and I'm not, I'm not saying this again to make an excuse, but these, these are young people. These are not full-grown men. And they're expected to make full-grown men decisions. This is why, Mike, you need veterans in your locker room. Guys who can say, hey, that's not a good idea. What you doing tonight? Where are you going? Let me help lead you and show you. So many guys in the NBA will tell you, hey, I really have an appreciation for this person because he looked out for me or he showed me the way. Memphis is one of the youngest teams in the league. Who's showing anybody the way on that team? And, and I yeah. think with Ja, if he's doing these kind of things and it's, be, it's being okay, it's kind of just, well, that's Ja. He can do whatever he wants. Mike, it's, that can't be the situation. And I think this is one of those deals where you, you probably, it's not the first time, I'm guessing, guys, he's probably brought his weapon on the plane before. Yeah, I mean, like, I never understood why Gilbert Arenas decided to have a gun show in the locker room when he was playing with the Wizards. And that was, you know, he was like six years in the league when he pulled that move. I mean, like, we're, we're gun owners. We're not trying to get and tick off people to get all high and mighty on the Second Amendment. But this is just asinine for a guy whose career, especially with the gun violence situation we have with African-American males in this country, gun violence on the campuses of schools, gun, shoot, gun violence every freaking weekend. And, and this guy's going to go out there and act like it's the Wild West? I don't understand the logic behind no. it. I don't get it. He needs somebody in his life to go. But as we've learned from the NBA to the MLB, NFL, Hollywood movie stars, music business, Emperor has no clothes. Nobody in his circle is going to tell him what he doesn't want to hear. Yeah. And that's why I think things get to this, these kind of situations. Here's the other part of this. is Dukes and Bella Sports Radio 92.9 The Game coming up. we got Guy Talk. Falcon Report on the way as well, guys, as uh, we'll talk about one of the most intriguing prospects. And our poll question has a lot of people going back and forth with us. Carmelo Anthony went through the similar situation early in his career. He's from Baltimore. Mello will tell you, and if you know his story, how he came up and where he came up. And he said after his meeting with David Stern, who was the commissioner at the time, when Stern told him, we know who you're hanging with, we know where they live, we know what they're doing, and you either have to cut them off or you need to leave the league. And he said it was a wake-up call, but it also made him realize how the NBA knows all of this stuff because, Mike, they're investigators everywhere. They're not – guys, this is a billion-dollar business. They're not going to not know – Who's screwing up? And Melo's point was it was a wake-up call because it made me realize, okay, you know, you think you're sneaking around and doing all these things. Now, with all this stuff out there digitally, you idiot, you're putting this stuff out there and putting yourself in harm's way. Melo didn't even do that, and Stern said, I know everything that's going on. you got to give it up. Mello, that was that sequence where he was supporting the community out. There was a, like some, some community group that was saying, "Don't work, don't cooperate with the police as far as investigations in Baltimore." That was another thing. That well, we had a lot of drug dealer yeah, buddies as well. Ran you know? foul of the NBA, but in this case, it's like I mean, and by the way, Adam Silver, from everything I've read, this is all coming from the Memphis Grizzlies, correct? It's not from the NBA. 
And Adam Silver, there were a lot, I saw, I read a lot of stuff, a lot of op-ed stuff over the weekend saying that Adam Silver's got to act on this, and everything seems like it was handled internally by Memphis so far. We'll see where it goes. Um, somebody better get to him because this ain't going to end right. And I hate to say that. Ja has so much potential and talent, but this is not what he needs to be doing. And somebody, I hope, reaches out and puts their hands on him and starts to lead him the right way. It was creepy enough, the Pacer story that you outlined, where somebody's got a laser, and we we presume it's not somebody with a laser pen, okay? It's a laser sight attached to a weapon. And that, that was bad enough, so... Now it's three. That's three incidents that are weapon-related, and he's he's in proximity. Now he's basically showing the weapon on TV, on the Instagram. Not a good look. Mike Bell, what do we got coming up in Guy Talk? Yeah, you and I, this is one of our things. It's It just drives us crazy. So we really didn't even get close this time for sports gambling in the state of Georgia. We'll talk about that. And just when you think that Daniel Snyder couldn't be a bigger weasel. But wait, there's more. Stay tuned. Yeah, boy. <laughs> another day, Carl, another opportunity here on Dukes and Bell. Let's get into it, man. <laughs> Hopefully more than eight points tonight down there in Miami. We'll see where that one goes. Uh, hey, the Braves have announced that due to high demand, they will stop selling season tickets by St. Patrick's Day. March what? 17th. They're going to be the, done? The Braves said the move is being made. This is from the AJC. Braves are making the move to ensure that single-game tickets will still be available for fans who come to fewer games. That's through their official ticket partner, which is MLB and Ticketmaster. Okay. So the idea being, first time in our team's history that we've stopped selling season tickets before the first game is played. That's from our buddy Derek Schiller, okay. who's Braves president and CEO, said in a statement, we are now focused on ensuring that more of our fans who only come to one or two games may be able to buy seats. So that's basically the idea behind it. I, I do like that because I think I think most people are in that position. Right. I mean, we are talking about half of 162. Who's going to all those games, Mike? A lot of these people, you know, we know families that have split tickets and businesses and whatnot that have tickets. But right. most people pick a few games and they go. So I like the fact that they're doing that and having the availability of more tickets. Right. Hey, speaking of tickets, I just saw today also in the AJC. A couple of cool concerts are coming by. I got tickets for the wife. Taking to see Duran Duran. They're going to be here this summer. They are. Also, Earth, Wind, and Fire Love it. is coming. And Lionel Richie is oh, going to wow. open up. Going to be at State Farm. That's August uh, 22nd. And I know that uh, Lionel played with uh, Billy Joel. That's the <laughs> of the world. So you're a shining star, no matter who you are. But anyway, it'll be Lionel Richie and Earth, Wind, and Fire. So if you saw Lionel, just you didn't get through the full catalog when he was playing with Billy Joel. Yeah, he'll do his thing, splitting with Earth, Wind, and Fire in August. So that'll be. Fun. I did see the Duran Duran coming, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, dude's put on a show." I've no, seen, him, seen no. him a couple times, man. It's not bad. And if you're a, if Chris for date night. With the many of your lady friends that you got out there in the rotation right now, but it's it's definitely it's a good it's a good gig. And if you're single, it's a good show because it's Cougar City, 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 City. Uh, we've talked about this at length, and it just seems like it's going to die on the vine again. Associated Press about a half hour uh, reported the odds are getting a little bit longer for Georgia lawmakers to approve sports betting this year in 2023. State Senate voted today, rejected an amendment, a constitutional amendment, would have allowed voters to decide whether to legalize sports gambling. Uh, the Senate vote was 30 to 26 in favor of Senate uh, Resolution 140, but failed to reach the required two-thirds majority of 38. Yeah, I, I said it earlier today. I'm disappointed um, that, you know, we're, we basically are in the same place we've been, oh, I don't know, forever! Right. When it comes to this, where's the progressive thinking on how this affects our state? And more importantly, look at me, Mike, I sound like a politician. And more importantly, (laughs) 
how this is going to create additional revenue. I just think it's irresponsible mm. of the individuals who should be voting on this and representing the people in the right way when it comes to the growth of our state and what this would mean. Mm. Why are we continuing to leave? We're talking about sports betting, by the way. Why are we continuing to leave our state and go other places and give our money away when we could be right here in the right. great state of Georgia? Whether you're going up to Harris and Cherokee or down to Biloxi or something like that. or I mean, it just it's, it makes no sense. It helps wherever you want to put it. And again, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm done flogging the idea of underground Atlanta. Whatever, If they can ever find a way to fix that, God bless you. But we're talking about sports gambling on an app. I'd love to have brick-and-mortar casinos. That reverb that the Hard Rock built, the idea that I could be in there playing craps and then go to the Falcons game, giddy up. Play sports bets on your NFL games and go in there and then watch the football. And again, the bill, by the way, and we may have to get Senator Kausert on from Athens. He's the latest guy, the Republican, who was, uh, who was sponsoring the bill. He says, I don't get why it's wrong to let the people vote on the issue. We're not all petty dictators up here. Here, here, sir. Here, here. I've always said it, you and me. Hey, if your county wants to vote and your county says no, then your county doesn't get any of the any of the loot. Yeah. And you don't have to have it. I've never understood why we couldn't make well, this a county-by-county county vote. And if you want to have it in your place, the other guys don't get any of the revenue. I just think the bigger thing for us, Mike, is all of our sports teams want it. Correct. Well, it cre- first off, it increases, increases interest there. They can partner with the casinos. Whether or not to have an app on your phone in the building, all the things we've already talked about with Steve Coonan and, and other guys, it just drives me crazy. Now, there is one more thing that's still alive technically. A bill is pushed by the pro sports teams you just mentioned, and that's the one that would legalize wagering on sports outright without requiring a constitutional amendment. Amendment. And many people say, why do we have to even vote on this? We've allowed the lottery. You can't be a little bit pregnant. The toothpaste is out of the tube. Let's get on with it. And then Act horse racing. Journalism. Yeah, and horse racing. I mean, look at all the dude, horse racing racetracks somewhere between here and Birmingham or yeah. so wherever you want to put it. You want to put it up 75 way? Imagine the fun you could have. Yeah. The ponies. I, the jobs it would create. I, I, all I need is the app on my phone. That's all yeah. I need. I, I want brick and mortar. I, I hear you, but I think that is the easiest and, mm. and the the most profitable thing that could happen Correct. to this state when you start talking about all of our professional teams would want it, and they do, and the folks who are responsible for making this happen continue to mm. ne- neglect the, the idea that this is the right thing to do. When we yeah. see it all around the country. Tennessee has it. Right. I'm just telling you, I mean, at some point eventually, and I always thought the brick-and-mortar component was cool for the convention business, to have it next down there by the World Congress Center somewhere. We just build that big hotel tower down there. More stuff to do when you're in Atlanta. That's part of it. But Carl's right. The app, everybody uses their phone apps for everything. To be in Las Vegas, you don't have to run down to the sports book. You put it right in your phone, and there you go. You get your action on, on everything that's going down. All right, uh, we all know that Daniel Snyder's a weasel. Article came out uh, earlier this week from uh, Don Van Atta that talked about the $55 million loan that they secured without the uh, without having the permission of his business partners. Yeah. He has partners with the Washington football team, now the Commanders. Well, one of the other things that came out, and I, I didn't read the whole article, but Peter King pointed this out today in his column. One of the other things that Snyder did, he calls this the Don Van Atta Snyder outrageous factoid of the week, week, week. Listen to this. Daniel Snyder charged the organization, the team he owns, $4.5 million to put the team logo on his private plane. That's weak sauce. Can you believe that? He charged the team that he owns. four point. The man paid himself to put a logo of a team he owned on his own airplane. It's crazy. And as Peter King writes, there's just no bottom for this guy. And the other thing uh, that he talked about is Roger Goodell, when you look at a guy's legacy, the things you oversaw, 
is this thing now just dragging out with 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 uh, Daniel Snyder, and is it now reflecting poorly on Goodell that they can't get rid of this guy? Well, look, the, the owners' meetings is right around the corner, um, and I think it happens at the end of next month, Mike. Uh, or close to it. Maybe it's the end of this month, if I'm thinking correctly. Point is, it's going to be the number one thing they talk about. And when those owners come out of the room and everybody's waiting to hear what's the situation on Daniel Snyder, we could be talking about the owners making that vote that nobody wants to talk about, which is, mm-hmm. we're going to take the team. Really cool article in the Washington Post from Sally Jenkins, who covers sports up there. She writes, basically, he would rather be the bad guy, Carl, and the villain and hold on to this team Silly. than to be some anonymous owner of a team that actually wins something. And he's going to basically, he's going to, it's going to be literally, you're going to get the Washington team when you pry it from his cold, numb fingers. Yeah, well, they're going to. I mean, it, this is a mess. And by the way, none of these owners want to give Daniel Snyder what he wants, mm. which is this full protection, Mike, of future cases potentially against him right. and any lawsuits that he may be liable for. It's not going to happen. The, the mm. NFL's not going to do that. This team is going to get sold. Hey, over the weekend, I don't know how much of the combine you got to watch. I was drifting in and out. You know, if I had something to do, I'd watch and back and forth. But anyway, in the combine, Rich Eisen uh, of the opinion, as a syndicated show as well, Rich Eisen says he still doesn't rule out the idea that Tom Brady won't be playing football this season. Mm. And he goes back to a team that you and I talked about last week in the NFL Blitz because of the, let's be honest, the nature of Tua Tungabailoa's concussion situation, being in the protocol, what, three times this year, one more hit could put him out, that the Dolphins and Tom Brady, in Rich Eisen's estimation, still make sense. Well, listen, I think they got to go get a veteran quarterback. Here's my question. Is Tom going to go down there early, sit and wait, or are they going to make the move, God forbid, mm. and, and say, hey, once he gets hurt again, we're going to go sign Brady? Is there a you know under-the-table handshake? What, what, is right. he, what, what are you doing if you're Tom Brady? You're just waiting? Yeah, I mean, are you going to sit there like, and then it's just Gronk jump in the party too? You know what I mean? Hey, log it out of my ambient play. Anyway, it's just something Rich Eisen was putting out there, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Also this weekend, Carl, you and I, you play golf this weekend, right? Chris, by the way, you can ring the bell when we do cliches. I know we do it when we talk about yeah, school building. Yeah. Did, did you play with Bo? Uh, no, I did not play oh, with Bo. good. That's good. I'm feeling no, no, left out not. now. I did not. <laughs> I did not. So, needless to say, uh, last week after my run-in with uh, Trey Young on Twitter uh, Sunday night, uh, everybody had jokes on the golf course down at Braylon in Peachtree City. Okay. Actually, you'd be proud of me. I played my typical golf, you know, streak where I'm pretty sloppy, then I get it dialed in, then it falls apart again after I have too many beers, and we try to keep it together. That's the game. I had a, I nearly had a hole-in-one. I made a nice birdie. But my buddy Rob uh, goes, hey, man, almost had a hole-in-one. Oh. Yelled down from the tee box, everybody's got jokes. Wow. Wow, yeah. Everybody's I got know. jokes. It's nonstop, man. I just hope they start winning. How's that? Man, that was ugly, by the way. It was ugly. That was really ugly. Biscuits are piping hot. We're going to talk more about it coming up. And uh, finally, <laughs> uh, Squid Billy kind of alluded to this earlier when he was talking in, uh, in Yeah Man, No Man. Gary Rosington has passed away, the last living member of uh, Leonard Skinner. Mm. And if you're a fan of Southern Rock, like Squid and I are, uh, he's a guy you know, like he went through a lot of stuff. He's the one that wrecks the car that get that ooh that smell song from, you know, oh tree, you're in my way. He was a bit of a mess at the end. He was 71. Have you seen all the Leonard Skinner documentaries? Chris, I know you're not a fan of the band, but the documentaries are unbelievable. It's literally, I mean, it's it's tragic, but it's fascinating. Uh, Charlie Daniels band, he says, uh, the last of the Freebirds has flown home. Rest in peace, Gary Rosington. God bless Leonard Skinner band. And again, I'm of a certain age. Never got to see him, Squid. Nor did you. Never got to see the real Skinner. <laughs> so, um, 
three-fourths of the, or let me, uh, yeah. maybe a quarter of the band. Now they're just yeah. a cover band. That's, yeah, that's, that's just, yeah, it's not the same thing. By the way, uh, Chris is uh, happy to find out that he is not a fan of Leonard Skinner. He said he, he was blown away by that. He apparently is a Skinner fan. I would be a mate. Now, again, I don't want to paint you with a broad brush that you only like Too electronic late. music. Too late. Well, guess what? I, it's, <laughs> it's hard to envision. I, I mean, look, we all, we all like our music, but it's hard to see Chris switching from like a Tiesto track to like Skinner or something. <laughs> As broad as my chest and belly are, Mike, so is my musical nice. taste. Well, that is good to hear. You're a good American, and a rest in peace, Gary. And now everybody, now as they like to say, Carl, they got a hell of a band up there right now. They do. Those guys are really good, man. Coming up, Falcon Report. We finally are going to get something for him. We'll tell you what it is coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.